This week, we're going to discuss the first step of four key biblical practices to defeat negative thoughts. And uh, what we're going to be left with at the end of today is an activation for the week. So not only are we going to talk about what the Bible says, what God says, what Jesus instructs us to do, but I want to give us some really practical things to walk away with every single week so that you can take it into your week and you get to exercise those practices. My wife and I, uh, my wife loves plants, and I'm not so much of a plant guy. I'm not so much of a, of a green thumb dude. Uh, my, my wife likes doing things like, has anyone heard of grounding? It's two people. My, my, of course, my wife raises her hands. Four, five people. Okay. Grounding, essentially, it's take your shoes off and go stand in the dirt. Uh, and and it, there's something about the human body there's something about the connection. I'm not, not, I'm not getting weird, okay? But this is just how God created us in creation. There's something about, we were formed from the dirt, right? Scripture says. And he breathes life into us. So there's something that happens when we just take our shoes off. And have you ever, like, gone and walked in the sand at the beach? We live close to the beach. If you're listening from somewhere that doesn't have a beach, it's maybe you go and you just walk in a green pasture. There's something about some, my wife loves plants. And so we just did some work at our house and we were moving some plants around. She can go get her hands in the dirt. And we uh, needed to remove some plants that have a life of their own, kind of like negative thoughts. And we, one of the things we removed was this giant king palm. And these things have an, an invasive root system in the sense of it takes a bunch of space. So it was pushing our fence over and knocking it down. And so we removed it. And I called in an expert because when you really need something done, you could do it yourself, but it's best if you get an expert. So I called in an expert, a, a landscape contractor, who's a friend of ours. And he came in and he, you know, we got it removed and he made it beautiful. He put this new um, palm in that's not going to do that. And he covered it with these wood chips that are these certain specific type of wood chips. And, uh, and we were so happy. It looks beautiful. We sit out in the backyard. Oh, this is so awesome. The water fountain works now. You can hear the water trickling, right? It's so peaceful. And I noticed probably a month later, these little green shoots were coming up through the wood chips. It, w- it, was, it was this stupid king palm coming back to haunt me. Okay? And when I talked to my friend, he goes, hey, you have to understand something about plants. Have you ever met somebody that has a gift where whatever they do in their life, God speaks to them in that? Right? Brilliant. God speaks to this. So he goes, hey, I have to tell you, he goes, that, that King Paul has a mandate from God in creation to grow. I could preach on that right there. And what I realized was, on the surface, everything looked beautiful. What I then realized was, is below the surface, there were some things that I had yet to determine that were there, that I thought were gone, I didn't think were an issue, that had a mandate to grow. If you leave them, they will grow. I'm telling you today, your thoughts 
if you don't deal with them at the deepest level, have a mandate to grow. Our first step today that we're going to take is determining what's living below the surface. Because your mind might look beautiful like wood chips and there's nice water flowing and you're grounding. But I'm telling you, if you're, if you're like the rest of humanity, there are things living right below the surface that after some time will have some fresh sprouted green roots put in the ground and it will begin to flourish. And we're going to work on that today. Let me define for you as we move into this first key practice of determining. Let me define what this is today. This is an evaluation process. It's where we're going to gain awareness. This is important for you to understand today. And as we walk into this week, when I give you an activation at the end of this, we're not solving this. Not this week. This week, it's about collecting data. We need to evaluate. The determination process is for evaluation and gaining awareness. Next week, we're going to move forward and we're going to deal with what to do with these thoughts. But this week, this is what we're going to deal with. Now, here's my warning to you as we walk through uh, this morning and as you leave this week is be careful not to mistake emotions for negative thoughts. Here's what I mean. Your emotions are like money. Money inherently is not evil. The heart behind it and what you do with it is going to determine the nature of that money. Your emotions were given to you from God. They're not evil. The health behind the emotion and how we work through and process and deal with those emotions is a whole nother thing. In fact, your emotions are probably going to play out according to the health of your thought life. So as we evaluate this week, we're not talking about emotions. Now, this is why I bring this up, because the two are very closely intertwined. On the surface, you're going to see emotion, but you have to begin trying to gain awareness about what's behind that emotion. So uh, angry, why? What's at the root? Last week we talked about the root, right? So keep that in mind as we talk today. We're going to determine our thoughts today through three things. Humility with patience, prayer with willingness, and we're going to be reading with revelation. We're going to look at a guy named Peter today. Now, I love Peter. Last week we talked about a guy named Paul, and this week we're talking about a a guy named Peter. Both great guys in the New Testament, the, the newer part of Scripture, Peter wrote a couple books, First and Second Peter. He was one of the key uh, disciples and apostles that followed Jesus. And I love Peter because what Peter did was, in, in a world where human logic says, when X happens, you should respond with Y, Peter was this the opposite dude. 
For instance, this guy Peter was the guy, you may have heard this famous story, if you haven't, there's this famous story of Jesus showing up and walking on the water and all of the disciples and Peter with them are in a boat and they get scared. As the rest of the disciples are scared, what does Peter do? Call me out on the water, Jesus. He's, he's, he's kind of the guy that presents the opposite. So here's what I mean. When you read his books in the Bible, He's talking about things that the believers at that time were going through that he's writing these letters to. And he's saying, here's the juxtaposition. This is how you might deal with it. You might get scared in the boat, but God says you need to step out of the boat and put your focus on Jesus. He says, I get that there's human logic, but I'm going to give you some heavenly logic. So we're going to look to this guy today and see what he has to say when it comes to our thoughts, how we should deal with them. He's writing to these believers to encourage them because they're struggling as they face physical hardship. They're dealing with the mental fatigue. Can anyone relate to the mental fatigue of thoughts? I mean, just, it's so tiring. I would rather run 20 triathlons than deal with a nagging thought that just doesn't let me sleep. Amen? Let's jump to 1 Peter chapter 5. So this is what's going on. He's encouraging the believers and he says this. And now a word to you who are elders in the churches. Those are the, old, those are the older guys. I too am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ. And I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. And as a fellow elder, I appeal to you, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly. Not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, Jesus, when Jesus returns, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. Isn't that really, at the end of the day, kind of what humanity's after? Glory and honor? So when we're dealing with our thoughts, we're struggling with how do we hold on to our prescription of gaining glory and honor. And Peter now is going to flip this and he's going to talk to the younger, he's, the younger crowd. He says, in the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. That word there is submit. And all of you Dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Now, he addressed the elders, older generation. He just addressed the younger generation. Then he said, now to all of you, multiple generations. All of you, I want you to hear this. And that's when he says, all of you dress yourselves in humility, relate to one another. So he's saying, you need to, you need to be submitted to one another. You need, you need to have humility. Then he says this, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and your cares. You know, last night I, I, I woke up at 2.14 in the morning. And I was up for the majority of the night. I think my wife was too. And uh, it was just cra it was crazy. She looked at me at one point in the dark and she said, I have the worst insomnia. And I went, uh-huh. 
probably different reasons, but in my mind, I can tell you that my brain was exploding with worries and cares. Thoughts. I'm like, Lord, what do you need to do with me at 2.14 in the morning that you can't do at like 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon? Anybody relate? So he says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God. Why? For he cares for you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. You, I want you to know this this morning, if you're struggling with thoughts, you are not alone. Sometimes we just need to know that. You're not alone. Peter's like, everyone's struggling with this. In verse 10, he says, In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. Now, this is what Peter's saying. Hey, everybody, you're dealing with persecution. You're dealing with suffering. You're dealing with sleepless nights. And these thoughts are really starting to run wild in your head about when your time is going to come, when you're going to be free from these things. Have you ever wondered that? God, when is my mind going to be free? I was ha- this is a conversation I was having with God last night at about four o'clock. God, when is my mind going to be free from these thoughts? And that's where, the, that's where these believers are at. And I was caught up in my head. Sometimes we get caught up in our head. And this is what he says. The more, this is what Peter essentially is saying. The more mature thing to do is to cast all of your negative thoughts on God. Hand them to him. Now, real quickly, the word cast means to throw, not to like, oh, here you go. Means to like hot potato, live hand grenade, throw it on God. Now, we're going to talk more about that next week, but here's what I want you to know about that word cast. We don't like to cast our worries on God. It's not our default. Our default is we actually want to hold on to them because we want to fix them. We want to baby them. We want to whisper to them. We want to have a relationship with them. We want to feed them. But the last thing we want to do is get rid of them because we, we, want, to, we want to do it on our own. And that's just our default. But Peter's saying the more mature thing to do is to give it to God. Although it isn't the most natural thing that humanity would tend to do. And here's what Peter knows. Peter knows that we want verse 7. What does verse 7 say? Give all your worries and cares to God. He cares about you. We all want to be cared for. Not one person hearing my voice right now, no matter where you sit, no matter when you hear this, 
is living a life that says, I wish that nobody cares for me. Every single one of you wants to be cared for. We all want verse seven. We just don't want verse six. And that is where we're going to begin today. We're going to determine this week with humility and patience. And verse six says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. This word humble is submit yourself in a lowly spirit to the power and the will of God. That's what the word means if you were to look it up in the, in the Greek. It's to submit yourselves in a lowly spirit to the power and the will of God. When you read this, humble yourselves under, this is what this means, that you and I are accepting the authority of God as greater than your own. That's, that's what that word, humble yourselves, submit. That's what you're saying. I'm accepting, God, that your authority as God, creator of everything, is greater than my own. And this is where we have to lay the first piece of foundation. And Peter's calling both the young and the old in this, to this place of getting under submission to God. And and the same is applicable to all of us. There's no one hearing this that's too old or too young to hear this message. I love how scripture relates in 2022 and relates to everybody. I don't care how much money you have in the bank. I don't care where you came from. I don't care where you're hearing me. I, it, none, I don't care what you did last night. This is what I know. That God's authority and power is greater than our authority and power in humanity. Let me, let me define submission because this is an interesting word. People get a little squeamish around the word submission. If that's you, I want to I give you a good definition of what this means, submission. I'm going to break this word down a little bit. It's proper arrangement or order. See, because if I'm going to accept God's authority is greater than my own, what I'm really doing is I'm accepting there's a proper arrangement or order to things in life. Uh, the, the, this word is the same word they would use in military terms. Uh, it's like a military group strategically deployed for battle. So there's a, there's a captain in charge. And then there's troops underneath. And they're going out. And there's a mission. And guess what? That mission is greater than the, my own personal mission. And I submit... There's a submission to the mission. My mission is under the main mission. Is this making sense? God's divine order on how he's placed things and his original design for humanity is not to humiliate through a hierarchy system. This isn't, I think this is good understanding of God's character and nature for us to understand, especially today in our society. It's not to humiliate through hierarchy. But it's to advance us through our acknowledgement and the response to his arrangement of things. It's his original design. Now, submission is also understood best as something that is invited or called for. Meaning, Peter is calling these believers to humility. He's not making them do it. You know what I love about God? He's a good father. He's going to call you to submit to him. He's not going to make you. 
you want to take your own agenda and own mission into God's original design for your life, God's, I mean, he's like, this is not going to work. I'm not going to make you do this. But I can guarantee you it's probably not going to get better until you do. It's not demanded or enforced. I, I really am taking time to break this down because I think if we don't have a good understanding of submission and the difference between that and, and what we oftentimes will describe submission as, subjugation. And here's what subjugation is. The reduction of a person or a group through domination. God does not live in an order of subjugation. And he does not call us to. He's not calling these believers to. He's not, he's, that's, that's not his nature. You have a choice today. You have a choice tomorrow morning. You're going to have a choice every single day, every single moment of your life if you're going to submit to God. Subjugation reduces you. Submission actually empowers you. So it's the acknowledgement and acceptance of this proper order, original design. Those two things are completely different. Now here's why I, I, I elaborated so deeply on that. Because some of us might be struggling today with a negative thought loop in and of itself regarding submitting to God. So if I start out and I say, we need to humble ourselves I've already lost 99% of you if you have a problem with submission. So I need to define what submission is. You need to have a proper understanding of God's nature so that you can actually get on board, get underneath, and you can be empowered and move forward. So some of us are sitting back and we're struggling with this idea. Like, I'm I'm not going to submit to God. This is God's original order. This is his proper order of things in humanity. I'm going to do it my way. And what oftentimes what ends up happening is it'll play out rather than submitting, you'll end up attempting to subjugate God. God, I'm having a negative thought. You need to work this out. You need to do this. So what are you doing? You're reducing him and you're putting now a demand on him. That's called subjugation. God, you exist to serve me. The movement church exists to serve me. Pastor Pat exists to serve me. Everybody exists to serve me. Call me by the name that I prefer. Invest into the things that I'm, I, I'm making happen. Everything in this world revolves around me. Subjugation, subjugation, subjugation. Do you know why society is so unhappy right now? Because they don't know how to submit in proper order to the kingdom of God. And God cares, is what Peter said. And because he cares, he's going to actually help uncover and determine these thoughts. But it begins with humble submission and trusting the order in which he's going to work in. He's not far off. He's close. And let me tell you this. He's not afraid of what he's going to uncover. You may be. Some of us know the king palms that are, li- that are actually living below the surface, but we would rather remain 
ignorant. So the posture of submission shown through humility and patience will become your foundation for the determination process of your thoughts, which leads us to point two. We will determine through prayer and willingness. I love this, this psalm. The psalmist wrote this. This is, this is like the gnarliest scripture if you really think about what the psalmist said. Listen, search me, O God. Woe. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. That is a bold prayer that shows a willingness just to be filleted by God. The word test isn't like God's testing me. It's not a trial, right? It means to examine, to scrutinize through and through, to know my anxious thoughts. This word thoughts are as secrets, hidden or living in blind spots. See, I had a blind spot in my garden called a king palm. I wasn't aware. My friend, the expert was like, bro, it's got a mandate to grow. Now you're aware. You need to mind that thing. And prayer is very simply just an open dialogue between God and humanity. The psalmist's prayer is acknowledging to God that they need help examining their own thoughts. And this is why I think this is beautiful. It's an admission of the lack of self-awareness that the psalmist carries. Uh, the determination process is only possible with assistance. I have to tell you this. Why? Because we all lack self-awareness. I'm gonna, this article uh, from Forbes magazine, it says this. It says, in her new book, Insight, organizational psychologist Tasha Yurik tackles a topic that many of us think we've mastered but haven't, self-awareness. Now, what I'm about to read, in my opinion, validates scripture, <laughs> validates Peter, it validates Paul, what we read last week. Listen to how fascinating this is. In a series of surveys, Uric found that 95% of people think they're self-aware. <laughs> so here's what I know. I just want to knock this one down right now. When I said... We're dealing with self-awareness. 95% of you, this is what you did in your mind immediately. I don't need to listen to this point. I'm totally self-aware. <laughs> Proving you have such a lack of self-awareness, you don't know that you're not self-aware. Okay? Let's go back to point one. Humble yourself. Ninety-five percent of people think they're self-aware, but only ten to fifteen percent truly are. She cites three reasons for this disconnect. First, we naturally have blind spots. We're wired to operate on autopilot, unaware of how we're behaving and why. There's also this feel-good effect, she calls it. We're happier when we see ourselves in a more positive light, aka lie to ourselves. She calls the last factor the cult of self. The idea that we've become more self-absorbed on social media as it has exploded. It turns out we need less self to become self-aware. Here's what we need. We have to be willing to have God examine our hearts. We need to be prayerful with willingness to say, God, would you examine 
the landscape of my mind? Would you dig into the areas that I don't really want to open up because I'm happier just keeping the wood chips over that part of my life? It looks pretty, even though it's not. In fact, some of us just prefer the happier alternative of ignorance, but are disgusted and we're weary dealing with these weeds below the surface. But I love this because God knows your thoughts and you can ask him, just God, would you reveal these to me? And he's the expert. So we're going to go to the expert. Why? Because he's the one who created you. (laughs) So God is the expert has given us, this is the tool he's given us. He's given us scripture as the work tool to get into the garden of our minds, to help reveal our thoughts. Our last point. We're going to determine by reading with Revelation, Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit. Between joint and marrow. It exposes, that word is reveals. It reveals our innermost thoughts and desires. Here's why we need to read with Revelation. Innermost thoughts means inspirited. I believe that there's a lot of us walking around in society that our innermost thoughts, you're inspirited, your spirit has become one with these negative thoughts and these lies. And Hebrews tells me that there's one thing that can separate and weed out and reveal parts of my mind and parts of your mind that you actually mistakenly think that it's just you proving it's become a spiritual bond with you that some of us have walked into a spiritual marriage, become inspirited with these negative thoughts. And we're blind to it because it's us. We hear this a lot. That's, it's just me. No, it's not. And you've made a spiritual agreement and maybe I've made a spiritual agreement in areas of my life. And God said, if you would read my scripture, if you would allow the truth and the power of my word, of what I say, because I created you, I'm the one when no one else is going to care. I'm the one who cares about you because I created you. I breathe life into you. I've known you before you were even woven together in your mother's womb. No one else can say that about you. And we need the word of God to speak into the recessed areas of our minds to reveal these innermost thoughts where we've become inspirited. We often read for motivation. 
that dissipates. And we need to read for revelation that determines. There are powerful books and authors and people that can speak about a lot of stuff that the Bible talks about, but none of them, none of them have the power to do what Hebrew says. None of them. We need to be inspirited today with the word of God. It's where we get the word inspire. We need to be inspirited. We need to come humbly before God and say, God, I'm willing to come underneath. I'm willing to, to, to come to you and just say, God, prayerfully and, will, and willing, God, just open my heart today. Search me, know me, know the secret places, the hurts, the pains, all the stuff going on. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just keep coming back to your word as the work tool for this garden of my mind. And I'm going to utilize the scripture that you've given us that never loses its bite of truth. It's always true. It never loses its power. It never gets dull. This, this idea of a double-edged sword, it never gets dull. The word of God is never dull. Can I tell you, that's why people have such a hard time with the Bible. It doesn't mince its words. It's cutting. Why don't you stand today? Scripture is going to help us determine. I'm going to give you some practical steps in a second. Scripture is going to help us determine this week. And it's the dividing line that provides the discernment. And, and we're going to get into discernment next week more. What that means. But this week we're going to focus on evaluating and gaining awareness. That's what I said in the beginning was our focus. Now I'm going to repeat my warning. I'm going to give you this very practical exercise this week. Don't mistake emotions for negative thoughts. And this is my other encouragement to you is as I lay this out for you right now, don't discard, disqualify, or discredit anything. Here's, here's our practice this week. I'm going to challenge us, and, and this is important work. If you can do this all week, you can do anything one time. If you can do this this week, you're going to give yourself the information you need to come back next week. So when I give you an application step next week, you're going to have really good information to deal with this. You choose. It's up to you. Okay? Number one. I want you to read 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves. These, this is the scripture we just read. Uh, number two, I want you to read Psalm 139, 23. Search me, O God. Number three, 
I want you to read Hebrews 4.12. At this point, you've taken all but 15 seconds of your day. Okay? You're going to read these three scriptures. And then what I want you to do is stop and I want you to pray and ask God, God, would you search my heart? Search it. Prayerfully willing. Now here's the application that's important. I want you to write down your thoughts as you go through the day in a thought journal. Don't discard, don't discredit, don't disqualify. You may even end up writing down some emotions. But I want you to write them down because next week we're going to do something with those. The better your data collection is, the better next week's application is going to be. Just to encourage you, okay? Let's close our eyes. With your eyes closed, I'm going to speak right now to the inspirited relationship that some of you, when I talked about that, you're sensing and you're feeling, maybe something comes up. I'm going to use this word, comes up in your spirit, comes up. And like you, you, you can feel it. You're like, ah, oh, that's me. I think I'm believing this thing. I've, there's this thing that I, I feel like it's me. And, and when I said that, you realized it's not. And God wants to break that tie. And he wants you to be inspirited with him. Literally to be infused, to have your lungs full of, to be enveloped, to be immersed in the truth that he cares about you. And I don't want you to perceive this as like you're a bad Christian if this is you or if you don't know God, you're a bad person. I think this is a natural human response. And the reason why we need God's response as Peter gives us, how does God respond in comparison to how humans respond? And you now are gonna have an opportunity. So I, I wanna pray for you. If that's you this morning, if you feel like you've got these perhaps one or two, I don't know, many, these spiritual ties, things that you can't shake, things that you feel like have become part of you. Would you do me a favor? Would you raise your hand? Amen. Thank you for your honesty and vulnerability. Yeah. Some of you, yeah, keep your hands, raise your hands again. We just, have, we just have some ministry team. If, if, you, um, if you really feel bold, do me a favor. Would you come out of your seats and just, you can come forward and our ministry team can pray with you. If not, someone, someone you might feel someone put their hand on you. Here's why. We need to be prayerfully willing and we believe in prayer. Yeah. Thank you for being bold. There's always leaders in the crowd. Thank you for being bold and coming down. Man. Uh, there's someone here in the building that's really struggling with the value of their worth and their life. 
um, you're looking back on the history of your life and the thing that keeps tripping you up is, is that somewhere in your uh, lineage, somewhere in you growing up, perhaps it's even generationally, you've seen this happen. Um, I actually think that this is a man. Um, I think you're, you're questioning your worth and your value and you're struggling because you're, you're wanting more but you, you can't seem in your head, you can't marry the idea of you deserving more with what perhaps you've been told or what you've believed. Um, if that's you, I, I, want, I want you to be sure that you don't leave this place without prayer. Some of us have really bought into these lies to a degree that you're afraid. You're afraid to, um, to even accept the challenge of getting prayer this morning or you're afraid to accept the challenge of walking through this week and just writing these thoughts out because you don't want to pull back the wood chips and see what's really below the surface. And I'm telling you, God's calling you right now and he's saying it's time. If not now, when? In fact, I think some of you have had multiple occasions where God has invited you into this process. And you've been reluctant, you've been scared, you've been afraid. And I want you to know something. That, that, that line, God cares about you, is one of the deepest truths that you could ever hold on to in this process. Some of you are watching this play out, this inspirited nature of these ties, these bonds that we've made. Um, marriages are being absolutely destroyed. There's a wake of broken relationships that just keep going. Some of you are really struggling in relationships. And it's just, it's a byproduct of this. And so if that's you, I, I want you to get prayer this morning. Yeah. For the rest of us, hey, let's, I always feel like there's more. <laughs> For the rest of us, let's, let's, if you can, Let's just open ourselves up. Um, if you can, just hold your hands out. This posture, th this posture right here is the embodiment of God, we submit to you right now. We humbly come underneath your power right now. In that willingness to hold your hands out is the beginning of God defeating that enemy that's a a prowling lion that is seeking to devour. So I want to encourage you. And right now, just what, what, to whatever degree we're opening our hearts up, to whatever degree you're opening our hearts up, I'm going to ask right now the Holy Spirit would just to flood that, that place. Begin to bring more life to that place. Begin to open your heart up more. 
to be willing to hear the truths, to become self-aware by going to God. The God, this week, we're not wrapping this up in a pretty bow. We're, we're actually going to take this into a practice this week. And, and what I want to warn us against is our hearts are open right now. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask God, you would guard our hearts because Lord, I feel like you've opened something right now and we're going to walk out this week and walk this out. And the enemy would love to come in this week and really wreak havoc in your heart and in your mind in the areas that I feel like God has opened up right now. So don't close the door. We just need to be aware and we just need to shut the enemy down. And when that happens, you say, you know, devil, you have no claim. You have no power here. I'm walking, th I'm walking through something with God. Me, me and God are on a pathway towards somewhere and you're not invited. So you can go to hell. We can say that. Devil, we damn you. We don't need to yell at him. You have authority. Devil, we damn you this morning. We put you in the right place in the proper order of things. You have no power here. Our hearts are going to be open this week, but devil, you have no power. And every time that you have something hit your mind, I just want you to take, write it on a note on your phone, notes app, for it, do whatever you have to do, get it written down. But guard our hearts. Next week when we walk in, we're going to get to work and we're going to begin the process of weeding through these thoughts. But for this week, we're going to have humility. We're going to be prayerful. We're going to read scripture and we're going to write these down. If you need prayer this morning, um, feel free and come forward as, as you leave. Um, our ministry team would love to pray for you. In Jesus' powerful name, everyone said, amen and amen.